All right. So here we are back on the school podcast. I'm really excited about this episode. I got uh, my good friend. I uh, His name's Zach Sorensen. Um, you know, the I'll never forget it. I'll start it out like this, but I'll never forget it the day you called me. Do you remember this? I do. I so do. he yeah. played baseball at Wichita State and then played in the Angels organization and the Braves organization. And he's currently a sports psychologist, a performance uh psychologist in the braves organization right correct correct um but i'll never forget it when you called me the day i'm i i I was i was at my house and i was a you know i'd been talking to gene on the phone about going to wichita state and and you called me and and were and just told me a little bit about it and really was like that sold me on it you know like i was like hey he's like Cause I was thinking about going to Utah, right? you know, or like, right. a, or like I signed early with Utah Valley or something. And mm-hmm. I was scared to leave home, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, but I'll never forget that day, man. It was good. So, yeah, you know, I got a call from, from Gene, who was our head coach out at Wichita. Right. And he's just like, Hey man, I got this kid out there from where you come from right. that, uh, that we think could really help our program. Right. Can you, can you give him a call and get him out here? You know? And, and so, yeah, that's how it all started about and just kind of filled you in a little bit about what's going on out at Wichita and said, uh, you know, this is a place where you can, you can grow up. Right. No, it was the best decision I ever made. And I, I tell everybody like that. I like, even now that I'm an older kid, older, you know, I remember, you know, the co- coaches always tell you like, you take, you take things for you guys, you kids take things for granted, you know, but now I'm looking back and I really am so thankful for that experience out at Wichita state. You know, the yeah. baseball and just I'll, I'll never forget it. Gene gave this speech. And for for those of you guys that are listening, Gene Stevenson is like the I think he's the winningest college baseball coach of all time. I mean, very unbelievable, man. I learned a ton from this guy. He was intense. And uh, anyway, I, I, I really respect him. Mm-hmm. And but he he we 9/11 happened my senior year when I was out there and he gave this talk and I don't I really listened like cuz he was an old war veteran mm-hmm. you know and he gave this talk in front of our dugout about like he and I remember him saying specifically he's like you know this is this is a big deal he says and I'll tell you why he says our country's never going to be the same after this right. things are never going to be the same after this and and I remember thinking, like, what what does he really mean? And and he was he's right, mm-hmm. you know. Like, anyway, you know, I'm I'm super thankful, and I know you, you know. So, Zach, you or you were a you you got drafted when you were a junior, right? Yes, I left after my junior yeah. year. Yeah, so you were, went like the second round, right? Wow. Yeah, I remember coming in there, and everyone was like, just talk. I mean, everybody just talking about how good of a player you were, obviously, and. So I just always looked up to you, you know, it was an awesome experience being out there and, yeah. and you know, the growing for me took place there. And, right. and I think, you know, and obviously this is something we'll get into as we talk right. today, but you know, the growth came from struggle, Yeah, you know, and, and it, it's so hard. We talk about this all the time on this side that the struggle is going to build you up. Yeah, It's going to, it's going to make you who you are. And we get so scared of, of, of struggle. We get so scared of, of failure. Um, but what's interesting when you start studying it and you're looking at it, the best of the best, the elite, right? They're chasing that. Yeah. They're chasing that outer edge. Yeah. And, and, and it's interesting when they get to that struggle, that's when it begins. Yeah. That's interesting. So I'm dealing with it with like my, so 
at that level, you know, and, and at the level that you, that you played at in the yeah. big leagues and, uh, and then just everything you're doing at the, you played at a high level mm-hmm. of sports. Would, would you say it's almost obsessive of, of how bad, like the, the top athletes, right? right. That these guys are, who are, who are at the highest level, you know, these guys you're working with in the, in the big leagues, would you say that mm-hmm. they become like, they're obsessed with the process? Oh, absolutely. Right. It's it's all about the process for them. In fact, you know, one of one of the videos that I, I often share with my my players and I'll send it to you right. so you can use it is Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And I love this little small piece because and, and I'll start out with this. So right. he, the, the, the opening question to him is what does losing feel like to you? So let me ask you that. What does losing feel like to you? Give me some words or a word to describe losing. Yeah, like losing and not playing good. I it's funny. I say this to my kid yeah. and I asked my kid after he has a bad game, he says, I said, I said, how do you think, how did you, how do you feel? How did you play? Yeah. And he says, I don't know, dad, I did all right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but so for me, if yeah. I have a bad game and this is where I was talking about you, how I was a head case. Right. I, I think if, if I could have gotten my mind better in baseball, like stuff that you're probably working with people on, yeah, then I think I could have been, because I, in my mind would get in the way. So like when I would, wouldn't play well, or we would lose, I would be so mad at myself right. that I'm 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 going right upstairs that elevator to the top <laughs> and hitting off the hitting. tee for hours, you know. Up. And I can't tell if that was healthy. Yeah. What do yeah. you think about that? Yeah, that's interesting. And and um, you know, is it or is it not both? Right. It is as as long as it gets you back on track. Right. But you know, does it just create more anger, frustration, and and right. get in the way of, of of? Does it make your mind worse? Right. right is what we need to figure out. So it, it is the process. So, so going to, to Kobe, you know, when I think of words that describe losing, I'm like, man, it sucks. Yeah. Losing's the worst. It's embarrassing. It's, it's disappointing. All of these words come out. They ask him, what does, what does losing feel like to you? And he right. says, it's exciting. It's right. exciting. And I'm like, no, that's the last word to describe right. losing. Right? right. And then he breaks it down and he goes, it's, it's, he goes, the reason why it's exciting is because weaknesses are exposed and that's where all the answers are. And I'm like, whoa, this is this is it. Wow. Pay attention. Right. And so I'm just dialed in. And and so then the gentleman's like, okay, so you get more answers from losing than you do from winning. And he's like, no, it's the same. He goes, there's answers in losing. The answers are in winning. It's the process. Yeah. It's the process. And we'll dive into process because right. I know that you understand right. it and, and I've studied it. So, you know, for, for who's watching your listeners, right. we'll talk about process. But but then he goes in and he's like, he goes, Yeah. He goes, Weaknesses are exposed when you struggle, when you lose, and you just have to look at them. Right. And then you look at them, and then you can figure out what you did well, what you what what you want to do better, and then how you're going to do it. And that sets up your blueprint for how you're going to attack tomorrow. Right. And I'm just like, right on, right on. Right. There, there it is. So it's the process, right? Yeah. Like so. So you think about so baseball, hardest game. Would you agree? It's. I mean, I know me and you are biased because we were baseball guys, and like I tell everybody that like that. I'm like, it's the hardest game. I don't care what you what you say, you know, like because it's such a game of failure, right? Right. right. You know. Uh, so my last year playing, my last year playing, I in in the Astros organization, I they brought in one like a and and this isn't they they changed my swing basically, right. like right. they a wrote one of the rovers came in totally and and talk to me about pulling the ball more. And I was, I was always a leadoff guy, like up the middle. Anyway, I start out the season. It was the like beginning of the season. I start out the season like 0 for 35. 
Right. You know, and to be honest, I really couldn't get it together the rest of the season. Like I was a mess and like, and then I tried to go back to how I was swinging before and I couldn't, and I'm overthinking and like literally had the hardest season of my life. Sure. You know? Sure. And, but, but like how, you know, you see it with field goal kickers. So this, these money field goal kickers, right. And they, and then they, they miss one time and then it's like, oh shit, there we go. And then they miss again. And then. Like how, what happens? Like, what do you do, yeah. you know, with, cause that's sports, right? I mean, right. that's the game you're playing with people. Absolutely. And so obviously we all agree that, that it's the mind, right? It's the mind. So I, I go around and I ask people all the time, what percentage of the game is mental? What percentage of the game? So if I ask you what percentage of the game of baseball is mental, what would you say? <sighs> Probably 90. Okay. Right. So, so 90. Then my next question is how often do you train the mental game? Oh, What's your right, answer? Right. No. None. You're right. 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 So here you say that it's 90% mental. And right. you know, that might be a little high, but that's what everybody says. Everyone. Right. And you're training it. None at all. You're not training the mental game at all. Why not? Well, we don't know how. Right. How do you train the mental game? And I think that's why I get so excited about what I'm doing. I, yeah. I've become this mental performance coach. Um, and, and, and so there you go. In fact, that's why, you know, the book I wrote, is called the hard 90. Yeah. It's, it's the hard 90, right? In the very back, if you flip oh, it over, what okay. does it say? It's the 90% of the game that we do less than 10% of the time. Okay. So yeah, we have got to figure out how to help everybody with the mental game because, you know, all we know is, and this goes back to your story. When you struggle, what do you do? You go harder. Yeah. You go harder. More control. And, and is harder better sometimes? but right. a lot of times it might not be right? right so so go back to baseball is it is it the toughest game out there man there's a lot of there's a lot of sports out there we got to right. give respect to but but this is a funny really funny story that popped right. in my mind i'm on a bus ride you know i i've been to the big leagues i back down in the minor leagues you know and so we're just we're just grinding right right and i've got another veteran player sitting in front of me on a bus so we finish our four game series we jump on the bus we got the 10-hour bus ride that starts right. at you know 11 30 at night right, right. And, uh, you know, I can sleep anywhere. I'm pretty fortunate, right. but some people can't right. anyway. So I'm just, I'm, I'm knocked out, you know, one head against the window and, you know, doing right. the whole thing. <laughs> it's like two 30 in the morning. And all of a sudden the gentleman in front of me, Lou Merloni, who guy I just right. love, he's banging his head against the window. Boom, boom. And I'm like, Lou, sweet Lou, cut it out, man. You know, let's go. I'm trying to get some sleep. And he turns around and goes, who are we trying to kid? And I'm like, whoa, you know, what's going on? And he's like, who are we trying to kid playing this game? And he's oh, wow. like, and he goes, you know why we keep playing this game? You know why we will play this game until they tell us we can't? I'm like, tell me. He goes, we can't do anything else. He goes, I can't even get three hits in every 10 at bats. I can't hit 300. Right. He goes, I can't go be a pilot and land three out of 10 planes and still have a job. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> he goes, I can't be a surgeon, you know, right. and be like, hey, let's just get them tomorrow. You know. Right. He's like, that's why you keep playing this game because – it's the only game out there where you fail as often as you do. And they're like, Hey, wow. good game. Yeah. You know, get them tomorrow. And so, so, you know, is it a tough game? It is. It, it's tough because it is so mental. It is so hard. So to answer your question, what happens in that scenario? Right. You know, you're, you're a good player. You're a good player. You're a good player. You miss the field goal or, or you go over five and then all of a sudden it's over 30. Right. What happens there? So for me, there, there are several things, but at the end of the day, what, what happens is, is, is it turns into belief system. Right. It turns into your self image yeah. and it goes there way faster than it, than it, than it should. It's very similar to like, you know, 
throwing the iron up in the weight room. I mean, you right. can push and push and push for, for 12 months in the weight room right. and you can make gains. Now right. those gains aren't huge, right. but you can make gains. You take a week off. It's, you got to start over, yeah. right. you know, and it, and it's frustrating, but it's hard, but it, it, it's that way here too. Yeah. And so, so what do we see happening? The biggest thing that I see happening is, is self-talk. Right. So the, the main call I get from, from you guys, from parents, from coaches is, can you help my son or my daughter with their confidence? Yeah. So there's the word, right? Right. And I think that might be where this conversation is going to go right. is how do we create confidence in our kids and in ourselves? Right. Okay. So, um, and there's a couple ways to attack this, but you know, one way to look at it is this, what you say to yourself about yourself is huge, huge, huge. Okay. So 40 to 50 thoughts run through your mind every single minute. Wow. This last minute you had 40 thoughts that ran through your mind. And then I go around. So I'm out speaking to a bunch of coaches and I'm giving the spill about self-talk and 40 to 50 thoughts per minute. Right. And all this and that. And I'm like, I would love to do a study that could determine what percentage of your thoughts are positive versus negative. So let me right. ask you, Hawk, let's talk right now, or let's talk as a player. Right. Were you more positive or more negative with your thoughts? As a so, so I always say this, like, so I, I told you, so, you know, where I'm at now mentally, I know I could be a way better baseball player because right. I, you know, I have found, I've, I have found some a beautiful thinking about myself, right. Awesome. And about my life. And, but, but when I was a player, you know, especially during that last season and when I was partying and I was, you know, got popping pills, like I was like, no, you know, my thoughts about, you know, I mean, my right. thoughts about myself when i you know that old 35 oh yeah i i wasn't i was embarrassed like i remember the fans they yeah. all knew that i was over 35 sure oh yeah. you know what i'm saying oh, like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't an easy <laughs> thing i had to and they don't take you out you know like i, I was thinking it. dude take me out <laughs> <laughs> give me a break you know how in minor yeah. league baseball they're yeah. like really they're like let's just see how this dude keeps reacting to this right they're not like, I mean, I saw it all the time with like pitchers. They just leave a pitcher in and he'd just be getting, you got to get through it. Yeah. Like I, it was almost, I didn't, you, did, did you think that was kind of how minor, minor league baseball was? They, they were, it wasn't so much about winning. It was a lot of like, let's see how this dude handles this. Yeah. I mean, they're trying to figure out who you are. Right. They're trying to learn about you. And, and if you have to, you know, get out there and struggle, we want to see how you respond. Yeah. So yeah, you're not as quick to be pulled out of that game because yeah. we got to see how you can respond yeah. because we want to see how that's going to translate to the major league level. Right. For sure. For sure. So, but, but for me, I, the, the, the thinking, you know, my thinking now, because I've had to work on it, you know, train the mental, you know, yeah. with addiction, when I became a, a drug addict and I came home, and, and I, yeah. cause I had failed a drug test. I failed a drug test with the Astros, you know, and then okay. I can't, I come home and everyone in, you know, this little Ogden area thinks I'm this, this cool guy, right. you know, I'm a professional, I'm, you're, you know, you're in the big leagues, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I was just, but like, I was scared to let anybody know who I really was. Sure. So that really kept me sick for right. a long time. I was like, absolutely. And then, and then when it all happened and I had to just get real and, and get into recovery and I found, I got into the church and found Christ and was working recovery. I saw, I, I was, I got honest and I, and I, and I, and ever since then for me to stay sober, you know, I had a relapse in 2016 and, and this is similar to what you're doing. That's why I think you, you could work with addicts because mm -hmm. it's all the same. Mm -hmm. But like, for me, it's like, um, 
the mental, that's all it is. I have to work on keeping my spiritual condition high. Yeah. And that's, and, and what does that take? Well, that takes like, okay, I got to, what's my character like? Like, how am I going to react to this situation when this dude cuts me off in traffic? Totally. Am I going to, you know, swearing or am I right. going to say, come on in, buddy. Totally. You know, I got to do the latter oh, yeah. nowadays, you know? Like, so, oh, yeah. so that's the same thing, right? That you're, I've had to change the way I think and react to situations. If I carried the same mindset when I was playing baseball, I would react way better. Yeah. And, and, and I want to go back to that. So right. we'll finish up talking about this self-talk and then right. I want to go back to the way you, you coach. Right. And cause I think that's important to really put an exclamation point on that because I like to do it the same way. Right. And, and so we'll dive into that. So let's finish the self-talk right. real quick. So, so here we are self-talk, you know, 40, 50 thoughts run through your mind every single right. minute. And and after I deliver this message to these coaches out there, I go home and I'm listening to an audio book and they're like, yeah, 40 to 50 thoughts a minute. There's been a study done. So I'm like, bam, there we go. Right. On average, we have 74% negative thoughts. Wow. 74% negative thoughts run through our mind. And it's funny when I when I when I throw that number out, everyone goes, wow. And then everyone nods their head because they're like, yeah, that's it. So if you think about that, 75, 74% of your thoughts are negative. So here I am talking to my baseball players, my hitters especially, right? Right. And I got to get their attention. Right. So right after I got done, after I hear that, I pull a car off the side of the road. I'm like, hey, Siri, what was the average major league batting average last year in the big leagues? And Siri's like, the average major league batting average last year in the big leagues was 260. So 74% negative thoughts, 260 is the batting average. All right. Is that a coincidence? Yeah, probably. But do you think it plays an important role? Yes or no? And the answer is absolutely. Right. So then I tell my, my hitters, I'm like, my goal is for you to bring 74% down to 50. So that you only think that you suck half of the time. Right. And we laugh at that, but you also know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. So if you yeah. could bring that down to 50, right? Boom. And then, then here we go. So the question is, is how do you do that? Wow. And that's where your coaching comes into play. And that's why I love following, you know, what was war and now is sore right. is, okay, we're going to give you things to do. We're not just going to talk about it. But right. hey, you need to have, you need to have better thoughts, man. You do you, you think better. And so, so here we go. And, and we do that all the time when we coach, we're like, you, you need to be different. Right. But do you know what our kids need? They need to know how. And, and I'm not just talking kids. I'm talking men. I'm talking women. Yeah. Everybody, I believe, is willing to attack something. But we got to give them a blueprint for them to attack. Yeah. It. So how do you do it? Right? right. So that's the question. And that's why I love coaching. So, so I have a master's in sports psychology. Right. And I'm very adamant about saying I'm a mental performance coach. Right. Because I love the word coach. And I yeah. know you do as well. Right. You get excited about it. So people don't just, just come to me because they're at the bottom. Right. So I want to give you things to do so that when you hit a tough spot, yeah, you're going to know what to do. Yeah. Ahead of time. And that's what you're doing with sore. And that's why I love it. And, and right. we, you know, we've been chatting back and forth for right. years about right. this because I'm excited about what you're doing. And, and I want to give those guys to do it. So let's go back to your scenario. You were over what? 35. Okay. So I just heard the story the other day and I got, man, I got the chills when I heard the story. Right. So there's a, there's a, there's a hitter that came through here, an unbelievable player named Howie Kendrick. Right. In fact, he played in town here. Oh, really? Yeah. 
And then he went up through the, the Angels organization and he spent a lot of time in the big leagues. He's an unbelievable hitter. In fact, I think at every level in the minor leagues, I think he won the batting title each year. I wow. mean, we're talking one Good of the best. Of the best. Oh, yeah. So when he was in A-ball, in fact, I was talking to his manager this past week and he told me the Howie Kendrick story. And I need to polish this, but but we'll, we'll, right. we'll, t- we'll make a run at it. Howie ended up going 0 for 40. Oh, for 40. And I'm like, how did he respond to that? And he's like, he blew my mind. So let me ask you. So you're 0 for 10 right now. Okay. Right. What are you saying to yourself? Oh, dude, I hope I can get a hit next game. Like, I don't even, you know, right. yeah, just, just, you start counting. You start counting. Oh, I'm 0 for 12. <laughs> you know, and right. everyone knows, you know. Sure, that, sure. Yeah. And let's take you into batting practice. So right. this is before the game. You're taking batting practice. You hit a, you know, you're in there, you're trying to crush, you're trying to mash. You hit a weak ground ball, to, you know, the shortstop. What do you say to yourself? Come on. Okay. Let's go. Yeah. Then you hit that weak fly ball to the opposite field. What do you say to yourself? Oh my hell. You yeah. Know, what's wrong go. with me? You know, this and that and this and that. And, right. and, and, and that's what you would expect, especially someone who's over 10 and then someone right. who's over 20 and then who's someone who's over 30. Yeah. You can imagine what it sounds like right. batting practice. So, and this is where my mind is blown. So Howie Kendrick's in there. He's like, you know, he ended up being 0 for 40. Wow. But during batting practice, he hits this weak ground ball to the shortstop. And guess what's he, guess what he says to himself? I'll beat it out. Infield back, RBI for Howie, right? <laughs> right. Then he hits this fly ball out to right field and he's like, sack fly, sack fly. Yeah. And he was continually talking positive to himself throughout this whole thing. So did he, was he like that or was that? He came that way. Okay. He came that way. That's my understanding. Right. And and when I was around Howie and in, in AAA and the big leagues with the angels, you know, that's the Howie I know. That's probably why he was the best hitter on the planet. Right. Probably. So that's something, but, but you learn a lesson from someone like that. Now I'm not saying that you should go out there and just be like, la, 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 life is good. And, 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 and no, I'm not saying that, but what right. I'm saying is we got to bring 74 down to 50 because life's hard, right? Life will, life will create 50% negativity and, and, and cause that no matter what. Right. But we got to manage the rest. So I, I talk about a 10, 80, 10 rule sometimes 10% of the time when you're playing a sport, you are going to absolutely dominate because it's your day. You're in the zone. Yeah. 10% of the time, you're so bad, it's just not your day. Okay, right. so we, in, in baseball, we say, you know, you're so bad, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a boat, right? right. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, right. So there's the 10, the bookend 10s, but the 80% is what you need to manage. So yeah. you're 10% of your time in life, you're going to just have that day. It's just that day. I, you know, this is, and tell me what you think about this is, I played best when I was doing things out in the community and being a badass off the field. Like, I don't know how, how does that translate over into baseball? Cause I, if I, I really did like when I was service and like getting involved with the host family, remember that guy yeah. out there and like, or like in the summer ball, when we go off, when I was like, like just a good person and not being so selfish. And I guess that would tie into the, the brain. Cause yeah. then on the field, you talking to yourself better probably too. Like, I don't know, you know, I, when I, when I was playing my best, I was better with, I when I was, was when I was doing good things outside of baseball too, you know, I, I agree. And, and let me take a stab at it. Here's why it all goes back to belief system. Yeah. Okay. So again, we talked about it. So your self-talk is going to lead to your self-image, right? 
your self-image is going to lead to your, your, your actions, right. your actions are going to lead to your results. Right. And what does your results lead to your self-talk? Yeah. And here we go. Right. Okay. So, um, and it all leads back to, so, so whether we call it self-image, we call it belief system, you call it confidence to me, it's, it's the same. So it's about the process and your routines and your habits. And I call them routines and, ha and habits of excellence. What does right. your routine look like? Right. You know, when you struggle with confidence and here's a, here's a, so let's, let's go this route confidence. So right. I'm out there. I went back and visited a school, uh, 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 known as a powerhouse in college baseball. Right. I go out there, they're struggling. I spend a little bit of time with them and I'm talking to the coach, a coach, I, a gentleman, I didn't know. I just met him that day. And I'm like, talk to me about your team. He's like, man, we're struggling. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, your record shows that you're struggling. They were like nine and 30. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm like, what's going on? He's like, this is so hard for me because I love my team. I mean, we're big, we're fast, we're strong. Right. He's like, but we, we just can't win. And, and I said, why? And he says, cause we have no confidence. And he said, until we have, until we win, we will never have confidence. Okay. So this took me down a whole new path. Right. And I'm like, coach, what happens if you don't win for the next three years? Right. Do those players that are coming through here, are they not going to be confident players? So I got asked this earlier today, actually. Right. I got, I said, you know, Zach, you come across as being a pretty confident person, right. a pretty confident player. I've known you for a while. Were you always this confident as a player? So I, really interesting question. And it made me think, well, where does confidence come from? Okay. So as a young player, I was confident. Why was I confident? Because I had success. Right. I mean, I, I, I could play. I, I was good. Right. And so I was confident as a result of that. Right. So where does confidence come from? Does it come from success? Yes or no? I think it does come from success, but I think it comes from that grind in the, in the beginning of the success. Don't you think? The shadows almost. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the piece that people are missing. So sometimes we feel like it's all about the result. Right. You know, we live in a, in, in a life of results. We live in, in the outcome all the time. Okay. Right. So in the in the addiction world it's it, i i always call it it's like a light switch right okay my goal is to be sober okay right. so when i'm sober my my light switch is on if not it's off so yeah it's off a lot right in in, in baseball our goal was to make it to the big leagues so right. guess what my light switch was off most of my life and that's hard right right and and so but the question is 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 it does it come from winning absolutely but what if you don't win yeah. Does that mean that your life is going to suck? Right. So we have to find ways to create confidence. Right. And you have the answer. You says it's the process. Right. It's your routine. So you got to go out and create confidence because honestly, life doesn't owe you anything and you're not guaranteed success. Right. So you have to go out and you use the word grind, right? With acronym, get ready. It's a new day. All right. So right. you have to go out and you have to get after it and create confidence right. for yourself so um, when you can get someone to buy into that so for you you perform better when you're doing things in the community right that make you like who you are yeah. which gives you better self-talk yeah which is going to at the end of the result give you better actions which is going to create better results exactly makes sense i wish i had to link that up but like you know because in, in addiction you know, when I first got sober, like I was, I couldn't talk in front of people. Like yeah. I, I was so no confidence and, and everyone like Frank, you know, mm -hmm. Frank's recovering heroin addict. Yeah. Um, a lot of these guys that when they first get sober, they, I mean, they're, it's, they're flipping on that light switch and it's scary. Like the world is scary. You know, they got to start 
bills are coming. And so we talk a lot about and hear about like the orchestrating stress. So like you're, you know, in that gym, a big philosophy is like, dude, all right, we're going to go, you don't want to get uncomfortable, but we're going to go in there and get uncomfortable today. And you're, you're making yourself do it. And then afterwards, the reward is that high, you feel amazing. And so then you like to do that. You keep putting yourself in a stressful situation in that gym, right? You know, you know, that type type of training is just some, you know, and so then you do that over and over. And then now standing in front of people sharing my story, I'm still scared, but I'm used to I'm used to being scared a little from that workout or orchestrating stress. So now I just do it scared. Right. And then I did that scared a couple of times and I sounded horrible and was a little humiliated, but like <laughs> now I'm not, I don't know, you know, like, yeah. but the, you know, what, what gave me a lot of confidence too is, you know, when I started working on my character, the mental, everything you're, yeah. you're talking about, right. The physical comes, uh, you know, that's great. Like I'll have people come into this gym and they, they want to get biceps and abs and stuff, you know, right. which is cool. But like, like the brain is, is really where that mm-hmm. comes in. Like how, you, how, you know, going back to how are you acting out in the world? Yeah. You know, can you sit there and yeah. watch finding Nemo with your three-year-old <laughs> and just be patient and stay present Sure, and, and go change the diaper and, and, you know, yeah. I don't know, like that type of stuff for me, like in recovery, when I was first getting sober, it's like, cause I used to take pills watching my kids or, right. and now it's like, dude, just sit there and enjoy the, and sit inside the monotony of life mm-hmm. and, and learn to deal with things. And, and naturally confidence will come because I'm just, yeah, it will. And, and one thing that's popping to my mind is create that. You're right. Build that in to your, your, your one sixty eight or, or your routine. Right. Okay. So, I always tell individuals that are struggling, let's go create confidence by creating a dialed in routine. Yeah. Okay. So for me, like when I was getting into the mental game, when I was getting in the mental game, I'm like, and and this is interesting. Let me, let me take, let me say this real quick. Um, Eric Gagne, one of the best pitchers of all time, best closers of all time. I'm sitting down with him and I'm like, man, what's the number one thing I need to be teaching these guys, these athletes, these professional baseball players. And he's like, you gotta have a routine. You gotta have a routine. You gotta be dialed into your routine. Then I bump into Cole Hamels, you know, unbelievable left-handed pitcher, huge career. Cole, I don't want to take up too much of your time. What do I need to be teaching these guys? They have to have a routine. And so, and you brought that up first thing. You're like, are these guys just, you know, adamant about their routine? They are. Right. And so why? So if you think about it, so I go to my mentor and I'm like, man, I I love the mental game. I love what we're talking about. I don't have time to read books. I don't have time to listen to podcasts. I don't. And he's like, I understand because, you know, you're a busy man. He goes, let's break down your day. What does it look like? And I'm like, well, alarm goes off at, at 5.45 a.m. And he's like, okay, what do you do? And I'm like, well, I go to the gym. And he's like, what do you do before you go to the gym? And I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, what do you do? What, what is it? And I'm like, well, I, I go in and go to the bathroom. He's like, cool. And then you go to the gym. Yeah. Do you drive? Yes. How far away? Seven minutes. Okay. Then you go crush a workout. Awesome. Then what? Well, I drive home. Okay. Then you shower. Then you go to work. How far is work? Seven minutes. And I'm like, he goes, do you drive home from work? Yeah. And he's like, so you spend 28 minutes a day in the car. He's like, what are you doing in the car? And I'm like, I don't know, listening to music. He's like, Automobile University. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get dialed in. You know, what can you do during that time? And so I'm like, interesting. So he goes, let's do this. Let's implement this. I read this guy's book. Who are you talking about? Okay. Yeah. What, what's his so name? So Brian Kane yeah. is my mentor and I spent yeah. a ton of time with him. And he's been change, life-changing for me. 
So, so now check this out. So before I didn't have time was my answer. Right. And honestly, I felt like I did put in a lot of hours at work and then kids and this and that. So now it's like, I wake up and I go to the bathroom, remember? Right. And, and so I'm going to teach real quick the habit cycle. Right. So you've got results that you want. Right. Habit, create the results. Right. But that's where we stop when we teach it. Right. Okay. So now we just hope we can create habits. Well, how do you create habits? Right. Well, we don't have that conversation. Right. And the one thing I throw in there before habit creation is trigger. You need to have a trigger. Right. Okay. So this is cool. This right. is cool. This is a trigger. So now when I get up and go to the bathroom, in the bathroom, I have a book. Okay. And whatever book you want it to be, but this one is a daily message about mental performance. Right. And so I go to the bathroom and I read one page in the morning when I'm at the bathroom about mental performance. First thing I do. Right. Okay. So what is my trigger going to the bathroom? Every single time yeah. I go into that bathroom, I'm going to read that page. Right. Then I go jump in the car and I drive to the gym, seven minute drive. I, 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 hook, I hook up with a podcast. I got a three and a half to four minute message from a mental performance coach back on the East coast that I listen to every single day that I drive to the gym. So what's my trigger? The drive to the gym. Right. I go get my workout in and you guys, you know, you and all your buddies push me hard enough in there. And then the ride home, that's my trigger to a, a different podcast. Right. So if you think about it, I'm getting like, you know, I'm pushing 15, 20 minutes a day of mental performance training that I didn't have time for. It's all because of the routine and implementing the habit cycle, yeah. which is the most important thing that I've seen is the trigger. Right. Makes sense? Yeah. If you have a trigger, it'll, it'll happen. Right. It, we'll get it done. So add that to your routine in habit creation is that trigger. Yeah. I love that. Every we, time we Love yeah. it. Hydration. hydration yeah. yeah. Every time you walk past the kitchen, you got, yeah, perfect. You know, so pull up bar. Boom. <laughs> yeah. So if you implement a trigger, you'll get it done. And, and then to go back to what we were saying though, what am I creating by doing this routine? So now I, I I've, I've read one page a day, you know, and, and whatever it is I need to read. Then I'm driving, I'm, I'm listening to something uplifting. Right. That's given me some fuel for the day. And then I go get a workout in and then I listen to some more. By the time it's 6, 15, 6, 30, I've crushed my day. Yeah. And I've won my morning. Orchestrated stress. And, and orchestrated good stress. About yourself. And there comes confidence because I created victory. Right. I created victory. It didn't just, I didn't just sit around and wait for it to come. Right. Because it might not. Right. I went out and got it. You know, yeah. I went out and created it. And, and that's how you, you get through some of your days. You create it. Yeah, you become tougher. You know, you get on that routine because and then part of that habit cycle too then becomes the reward. So then after a while of on that thing, you like all of a sudden you're you you have all these concepts running through your brain. So like, oh dude, I want to keep reading. You know, and then confidence, yeah, like momentum. I, I love that momentum. you brought that up. I love that you brought uh, gaining confidence on a routine. We talk a lot about that. Because that's huge, like for the substance abuser, like totally. same, like getting up at the same time, mm -hmm. make your bed, do, make your bed, doing the yeah. same thing. I mean, it all sounds, you know, right. You know, having your meals, you know, we talk about hitting, you know, we, we get up everybody on this nutrition plan where we try to get a meeting every three hours, you know, with a snack it. bag. So that yeah. they build that routine around their nutrition, you know, a little bit of reading, maybe a nap, you know, I push naps. Absolutely. Like, Cause a lot of these guys, like, like, uh, we feel like we need to be busy all the time. And now I need to take more caffeine because I got to be more <laughs> like, I'm like, no, let's, it's a healthier mindset to go take a 20 minute nap under a tree and talk to your higher power. Love it. You know, Love it. 
stuff like that. And, but I, I love that you said that because I really do believe that true confidence comes on. A, and that's where I was trying to get at a lot of people The gym gives me confidence, but real confidence comes through that, that process, process. of like hitting those, hitting that day. And then, you know, we do a call the step 10, mm-hmm. the step 10 in the big, in the big book. What is it again, Frank? Yeah. So you take a personal inventory. So like every night it'd be prayer, yep. right? For me, it's like, I get down on my stairwell and I, and I, and I talk to God and I, re- I review the day. I say, you know, God, have I hurt? Did I, was I resentful? Was I mother effing anybody in my head, you know, pissed yeah. off feelings towards people. If, right. if so, I, I, I think, okay. And usually I'll send out a few texts to make sure I wasn't short or try to fix some things. Maybe I got to make a phone call. Right. Um, did I harm anybody, you know? You usually not, you know, mm-hmm. maybe I was mean to my wife or yelled at the kids or, right. you know, it's usually, I, it's usually, I'm, I'm, it's usually charity that I offend nowadays, like where I'm like, just, you know, mm-hmm. in business and stuff. But, but we, we talk a lot about having that end of the day, uh, review of your day, you know, it doesn't even have to be with your higher power. For me, it is a lot of these guys. It's just sitting down and meditating and saying, "Dude, where? How did it go? Did I keep my spiritual condition high?" Yeah, you know. And it it's awesome. I love that because you know I implement that with my athletes. Right. So here I have my guys in in the big leagues, and they're doing this after each game. Okay. Yeah. And and here's how Inventory. I here's how I attacked it. So I call it same thing. It's exactly the same. I call it honest self evaluation. Right. And the important part of that obviously is honest, yeah. right? We got to be real. We got to be real with who we are and what we did that day. And is it okay that we messed up? Absolutely. Because we talked about that. That's where the answers are. Right. So here's how I do it with them. I break it down. I call it the well, better how. Right. Okay. So, and I actually, I've actually created journals for my athletes and, and, and anyone who, who wants one, it's called, I call it my, you know, my, my, but it's my well, better how they sit down. It just takes a minute, right? It right. takes five, 10 minutes. Maybe what did I do well today? And it's such a simple question and so hard for us to answer. Right. The next question is, what do I want to do better? We could talk for hours about that. Right. But we're programmed that we don't look at the things that we did yeah. well. And you have to. Right. You have to. Because, again, we're bringing 74% down. we got to right. bring it down. So what did I do well today? What do I want to do better? And how am I going to do it? Okay. Right. And then right next to this, and we'll talk about this in a sec, because I want to walk you through right. this, is what is my 1424? Any idea what a 1424 no. is? Okay. And we'll get to that in a minute in just one sec. So I'll come back to this in one sec. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this other direction. We'll, then we'll right. swing back around because I love that you implement that because right. I do as well. Yeah, and it I've sounds seen like it. we're on the same yeah. philosophy. It's, like, it's, just, it's interesting how this, this we're talking about a, a athlete. Mm-hmm. We're talking about substance abuse and right. how. It's like the, we're still trying to fix thinking and on both sides. Totally. And it's very similar. Absolutely. It's like the same thing, really. <laughs> like, it, it, it is the same thing. And, and, and again, that's one thing that I love. You know, you call yourself a coach. Right. And, and I've pushed hard to call myself a coach, too, because, again, we're going to try to empower you with things that you can do. Right. To help you win the day. Right. Or, or let's, let's, let's narrow our focus because I know, I know in recovery, sometimes win the day is, is too big. Yeah. We got to win the moment, right? Right, and we got to win one moment at a time, yeah. and and that's how you win, right? Is by doing that. But so, really interesting scenario. Two years ago, I was with the Texas Rangers organization as their mental performance coach, and they had just had the the Major League Baseball draft. Okay, right. so the first seven picks were down there. They signed them. We gave them signing bonuses anywhere from I don't know three hundred thousand to 
five million. You know, right. these these kids get taken care of right. for being the best. Right. Okay. So right before I went down there at this time, I had heard a talk uh, at our at our church about good, better, best. Right. Okay. And, and you're going to love this. Right. Do you agree with the concept? You've heard the talk. You've listened to it before. Right. You probably teach this. If you're good, my job is to help you to become better. And if you're better, then I'm going to push you to best to be the best. Do you right. agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So I go down there to these guys, right? And this is really interesting. And I'm like, man, congratulations. You know, you guys are the free, you're the best out there. And, and you know, you got taken care of and you, you reach your goal and your dream of being a professional athlete. Now we just got to reframe and get you back up to the big leagues. And so I'm having this whole spill with them. Every time I say the word best, guess what happens? Wow. You are the best baseball player I've seen. And their eyes either go down or they go to the side. Yeah. So I'm like, what are you, why are you putting your head down when I, we just gave you a $5 million signing wow. bonus. Why are you dropping your head? Finally, one of them says, because I'm not. I'm like, okay. But, we, but, but, you know, I can sit here and I'll be like, but guess what? You just did this in college and in high school and this yeah. and that. He's like, I'm not. Look at all these guys in this room. I'm not the best. And I'm like, interesting. Then I say to him, what is your biggest fear about being a professional athlete? About being a professional, what was your biggest fear going into this? That I wasn't going to get it done. Yeah. That I wasn't going to be it. good enough. Okay. And they said that, that I'm not going to be good enough. So I fly home and I'm scratching my head. And honestly, that really bothered me. Right. That, that our thinking has gone to this. And, and I'm teaching in a, 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 you know, a school class or a church class. And right. I'm like, I'm going to play with this. I'm going to see what happens. Here. Right. And so I go in there and there's, you know, 15 kids in there, 16, 17 year old kids. Right. And I'm like, man, I just want to commend you guys. You are some of the best kids I've ever been around. Eyes drop. Right. And I'm like, why did you drop your head when I said that? And finally, someone is like, we're not the best. We're, we're, we're struggling. Right. We're having a tough time. And I'm like, what's your biggest fear about life? What's your biggest fear about getting married? What's your biggest fear about parenting? What's your biggest fear about going to college? That we're not going to be good enough. So in the good, better, best model, no, we're not the best. And I don't think I'm worried. I'm scared. I'm not going to be good enough. And so I take a step back and I'm like, all right, I'm going to come back to this. So I head home. I think about it for a minute. And one of the main things I teach my athletes is control what you can control. Right. Right. I know you guys teach this control yeah. what you can control. Right. And it, it, if they really buy into that, they free themselves from a lot of these things that they can't. So control what you can control. So I fly back down to Texas and I'm like, can you control if you're the best? Yes or no. Can you control if you're the best? Yes or no? Let me ask you. Yeah. Can you? Right. I mean, right. I'm asking you. I control if I'm the best. Yes, I can. The best of, I can control if I'm the the best in my mind. You control if you're the best version of you. Yeah. But I mean, it depends on what you're talking about. At a certain level, genetics might stop you from being the best. Yeah. Athlete, there you best go. Basketball player ever. Right. So interesting conversation. Right. It's a fun one to have. So at the end of the day, can you control if you're the best? Well, there's probably always going to be somebody better. So can you control if you're going to be the best? No. Right. Can you control if you're good enough? This is even an even tougher question. Can you control if you're good enough? Yes or no? I don't think so. Because? Be because, because someone might be better. Well, yeah. And, and guess what? That completely depends on who's asking the question. Like I can right. be good enough for you, but I'm not for you. Right. I can be good enough for them, but not for them. 
But here's what's crazy. We spent our whole life focused on, am I the best am, or, or am I good enough? And that's what our focus is. You know, you think about all these, these kids in high school that are going through tough times and struggling. What are they struggling with? Am I good enough? Right. Jeez. Okay. But that's something you can't control. And so then I go, these guys, can you control this? And, and, and I'm like, no, you cannot. So then I'm like, okay, in the good, better, best model, if you can't control if you're the best and you can't control if you're good enough, there's one more in there and that is better. And then I say to them, and I'm going to ask you guys, can you get a little bit better every single day? Yes or no? Yes. And you said that with authority. Yeah. Like you said, yes, mm -hmm. that's our focus. Right. Oh, so, so that's our focus. So we'll swing back. Well, better how? What'd you do well today? What do you want to do better? How are you going to do it? What is your 1424? 1424 is 1% of your day. Right. 14 minutes and 24 seconds. And so I go to them. I said, is it worth it for you to invest 1% of your day into doing something that's going to make you better? Everybody says, yes, 14 minutes and 24 seconds. I'm like, that's all I ask for. Give me 1424. Give yourself 1424 and, and stick to it. And here's what's cool about it. So, so, you know, I'm going to take off from here when we get done right. and, and, and leave. I won't see you again. Let's say I don't see you for six months right. and I bump into you at, at a football game. I'm like, Hawk, what is your 1424? And if you can tell me what your yeah. 1424 is, I know you're getting better every single day. So, and let me, let me, let me say this. Can I guarantee it? Right. Let's say that you want to work on your pull-up. Right. You, you can't do pull-ups. Right. Okay. But you want to. All right. 1424. If you invested, and I use the word invest, it's important. Right. If you invest 14 minutes and 24 seconds every single day into doing pull-ups, six months from now, will you be better? Yes. Yes. Guaranteed. Yes. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. Yes. Guaranteed. Absolutely. Can you apply that to any part of your life? Right. Yes. Your marriage? Yeah. Your relationship with a higher power? Mm -hmm. 14 minutes and 24 seconds, invest it. And in six months, you'll be better. Wow. So I take a real quick story. I am, you know, down at CrossFit, down in St. George with the Boyer crew, right. you know, we love those guys. And, and there's a gentleman there that went through my program. Right. And I introduced the 1424 and he got all excited. And then I didn't, after I got done, I didn't see him for about six weeks. Right. And I, we finally connected at the gym again. And he's like, I've been looking for you. He's like, I wanted to see if your stuff really works. He's like, I, he competes in the, in the senior CrossFit right, games. Right. And he's like, I always get crushed in the event where I have to do pull-ups because I can't do butterflies. Right. He's like, I can do pull-ups, but I can't butterfly. And he's like, so I wanted to see if it worked. He goes, so I tried 1424 when it comes to butterfly pull-ups. And I had, you know, I pulled up on the website, the progression of the butterfly pull-up. And I worked on it every single day for 14 minutes and 24 seconds. He said, your program did not work for 26 days but on day 27 and he jumps up on the bar and he's yeah, rocking yeah, out right. some butterfly pull-ups right. he did it 14 he minutes. crushed it yeah. he crushed it and and i think that it's going to help anyone anyone with whatever it is you want to work on i like that 14 minutes 14 24 yeah i mean you know the imagine imagine these guys that are just coming off that you know i want to go over to addiction just by just totally 100 stuff you're talking about but like imagine i mean we, we're talking about people that struggle with motivation. Hundred percent. They 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 can't see any hope. You know, it. You know, it was even like that with me. That's why like the gospel was so big for me. It's because the gospel gave me hope. Yeah. You know, like a hope of like, dude, like if I lit, I I I felt when I first got into the gospel, it was like, 
this could work. Like this might like help me change my life, yeah. you know? And then as I started participating in a little bit, I just, some hope came into my heart yeah. and that, that hope fed me to be more motivated. So like these people, these people that we're working with, they, 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 their lives have been in shambles and they, yeah. they don't have hope. They don't have any, they can't see any positivity, but it's like, and, and to get them to put 14 minutes onto something a day could, is like, could be really hard. Totally. So it's, it's crazy, but if you can, you know, yeah. and they start putting pressure on something like this every day, yeah. it, just something little, it goes so far, yeah. you know? Yeah. Think about this though, because I agree with you right. and I, and I see that because, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with some of this in, right. my, in my home right. and in my life. Um, and motivation is something that we've always talked right. about, right? Oh, we've always talked about it and how do you get it? But here's one thing I want you to remember it. And, and if this will help you write it down and put right. it on your mirror, on right. your fridge, whatever, little by little, a little becomes a lot. Right. And I know that you guys know what I'm saying and right. you agree with it. Right. So if you can't do 1424, start out with two. Right. And, and here's one big thing that I always, I, I, I try to talk about, you know, and this hits, this hits really hits hard, you know, it right. hits home here. I don't care where you're at. Right. Right now. And I think one of the reasons why we struggle with motivation is because again, we talk about the light switch. We have this image of who we want to be. And if we're not that person today, right the light switch is off and we're d disappointed in ourselves. Right. Okay. That's not how you're going to do this. I don't no. think. No. How are you going to do this? A little at a time. Right. Okay. So if you can start, if you can put that book next to your toilet and if that's all you do tomorrow, yeah. huge victory. Yeah. Huge win. And, and that's where you start. Right. But what I think you're going to find out is, is you're going to start, liking that feeling okay so you know and, and correct me if i'm wrong because i i, I don't research this right. a lot right. um we're chasing dopamine yeah oh yeah that's what we want that's why that's why soar is so successful right. is because you're creating dopamine right downstairs with the iron right and, and in other ways right we just have to understand that dopamine comes in many forms and fashions right we have to understand what we need at that moment what level of dopamine we need and then you have to go get it wow, okay so awesome. there's many many ways to go get your dopamine one of the greatest ways to do it is by having this routine you know right. you're going to manage your levels of dopamine by having a dialed in routine day in and day out it's just your job now to go implement that routine okay right. and 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 i agree with you the back end of your day let's do that evaluation well better how what is your 1424 so here's what it looks like so you just got done playing a baseball game right. okay uh you played pretty well right. so what did you do well in the game i got it i had you know hit a couple doubles yeah you know, stole third perfect happy perfect <laughs> what do you want to do better you probably got picked off by the left-handed pitcher okay <laughs> yeah. so what do you want to do better I want to be a better base runner, right? right? I, I don't want to get picked off first. How did you know I got picked I, off? I mean, it just happened a lot. Okay. <laughs> so how are you going to do it? Okay. Right. Well, tomorrow I'm going to go grab one of my left-handed pitchers. And for eight minutes, he's going to show me his move. Right. And then I still have 614 where I'm going to work on some hip mobility or whatever it may right. be. And I'm going to fill up my 1424. And here's where this gets so cool is you had a weakness. You had a failure in the game. Right. You got picked off. 
And because of that failure, you get to go get after it tomorrow and you right. get to feel your, your thing and you get to actually, and, and when you start attacking weaknesses that are exposed, right. guess what happens? You create confidence. Yeah. Boom. It's a formula to help you get going. Right. And then, you know, last thing, side note on the bottom of my little, well, better how I have a list of things that you can control and I have them grade themselves on a scale of one to 10. How was your attitude today? How was your effort today? How was your energy today? How was your self-talk? Right. How was your body language? These things can be controlled and grade yourself based on that, you know, and boom, this is something you can refer back to. How'd I do that wow. day? You know, and my guys are doing that, you know, my pitcher up in the big leagues this year that turned his, you know, he, he dominated at the end of the year. Yes. He was relentlessly evaluating his games based on this. And man, he took off fun, wow. fun stuff. That's incredible. So I love what you said about dopamine because so in, in this program where it's like a student to coach model, yeah, right? right? So like, so really, I, cause you still want to get high, like everybody. So you coach and like, um, you, when you coach and you work with those guys, you feel amazing. I bet. Right. Oh, absolutely. And they, and you see them, you know, catch on, like, tell me you're not high as a coach. hundred percent. And then you're like, so it's the same thing here. I could take this, take the, a person that struggled with heroin and they turn it around and they get this put, put together this routine and then they start working with others and they help someone else to turn from a negative to positive. And then that's just feeding their soul with just happiness. And there's no greater high. No. There's no great. And, and that's, that's really the model. It's really the model in Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, it's not reinventing yeah. the wheel, right? but it's that service is the antidote to stress. You know, totally. have you seen the peanut butter Falcon? No, oh. no, I need to jump we, all over that. Yeah, okay. like just, I'm on it. It's it's unreal. Like, well, so I'll just tell you what it's about. But like, it's about a handicap, little handicap kid. He's got Down syndrome. He's twenty. Okay, and he's it. They the state had put him in like an old folks home, right? They didn't know what to do with him. His family abandoned him. Well, he breaks out of this old folks home, and he ends up running into this. It's down in the south, but he runs into Shia LaBeouf, who's the actor. You know who that is? Mm -hmm. Did he? Anyway. And Shia LaBeouf's character is really unhappy. He, his brother had died and he's miserable and he's ornery. And, but he ends up connecting with this handicapped kid. And at the first, when he starts working with him, he's not, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to deal with him. He's mean right, to him. Totally. He's like, how, when can I get rid of you? You know? And he's stressed out. He's got these guys chasing him, but all of a sudden he decides something switches in his brain and he decides he's going to just like serve this handicapped kid. And like, he just like the handicapped kid wants to get, become, go meet this certain wrestler. Mm -hmm. So the, his Sheila Booth's character decides he's just going to like help the kid get right. accomplish his dreams. Right. And he becomes happy hat. Like he doesn't thinking about himself at all anymore. He's got all these dude. he's got, he's got stress, but all of a sudden he's this happy cat, mm -hmm. you know, and he's high, you know, totally. he's got that, that dopamine you're talking about. Like, that's and that's what we're doing here. Like if we can get people to, to build that routine, like you're talking about, change their habits. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now they're serving and leading other people to change. Totally. Oh my hell. Yeah. You watch people brighten up and now they're accountable to someone. They're like, man, I really want to stay sober. I mean, how do you think me and Frank are, that's really how I started this. Yeah. You know, it was right. like, I was, I was like, I mean, I was a hospital administrator and I got, sober up there and i was like what in the hell am i doing here <laughs> it's like i can't yeah. stay sober here and 
Well, I think you're right on. And, and I think giving of yourself is the easiest way to, right. to help yourself get over your struggles. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Right. And, and, I, and I, I do, I know you, you know, I, this, but I love your, your concept right. and, and the way you go about it. And there's so much to it. And, and again, I know I'm hitting this really hard, but it's because you're coaches. Yeah. And it's because you're giving people something to do. So, you know, one thing that came to me is you were talking about this high you get when you are helping other people overcome their struggles in right. life. And, and that's where you get your high, but it's important. And I know you do this, but what are you going to do when yeah. they lose? Okay. Yeah. So, so here I have this pitcher I'm working with wow. up in the big leagues yeah. and he goes up there and, and this really happened this year. He goes up there and he wins like four or five in a row after losing, you know, I don't know, eight or something like that. And so he flips and turns it. And then I go watch him and he gets beat. Yeah. And, and I was, honestly, and I know that you have this right. feeling when you see individuals come through your program, they are your, your brothers. They are your sons. They are your daughters. They are your sisters. I mean, they, they are, they're part of you. Right. And when they lose right, or they struggle, Relapse relapse it hurts right so the question is is how are you going to respond or how are we going to help them respond when they lose yeah what are you going to go to wow and and that's one thing i've tried to pride or i've tried to really give my athletes is i want to give you something to go to when you need something to go to right and if you can answer that question for the for everybody if you can give them something to go to when they need something to go to man you are you are coaching them and, and more than coaching them, you got your arm around them in those times. Yeah. And so that's the challenge I put on myself. Same one I put to you. And I know you're answering that question right. for, for your, you know, your clients to come through here and your brothers and sisters that come through here, right. you're giving them something to go to when you need something to go to it. And I have stuck with that and held on to that. And I'm like, yeah, quick example, you know, so you got a pitcher who goes out there, inning one dominates, inning two, no hits, no hits, no hits, gets out in the fourth. And all of a sudden he walks the first guy in four pitches. Right. And then the next guy hits a double. Right. What is he going to do? Right. And and honestly, oftentimes, you know, he just hopes that he can get the next guy out. Right. And when you're playing in the big leagues or you're dealing with addiction, that might not be enough. Right. So you want to give them something to go to. When you get these feelings right. that you need, right. Here's the routine. Here's what I want you to do. Try this. And and, and honestly, it has to be them that come up with what it is, right. but that's what I do with my guys. And honestly, I had one of my, my athletes this year. I talk about signal lights. Okay. Right. When I talk about dealing with emotions, I, I relate them to a signal light. When you pull up to a stoplight, you're either in, it's either a green light, yellow light, or red light. Green light's like being in the zone, right? You're dialed in, nothing affects you. Your mind's not, there's nothing going on. You're right. just boom, right. yellow lights. You start having this negative self-talk. Right. You start wondering red lights, right. like get me out of here. Right. Right. So, you know, and I, I implement this program with them and we figure out how we're going to get back from red light back to green. And so I teach this and I have an athlete working on it. He makes a comment to me and he's like, I hoped that I went out in my start today and got to red lights. He was hoping that he struggled because for the first time in my life, I have a plan in place on how I'm going to get back to green. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. You know, wow. if, if you can armor yourself with tools that can help you get through a tough time, you got a better chance. And, and that's what coaching is, right? That's yeah. what, that's what this is. And again, like you said, that's where we get this high Yeah, is by seeing someone go to a tough time and pulling through right? or seeing someone fail and learn from that failure. Right. Because that's what it's all about. Yeah. Yeah. The- 
So going over to addiction, it's a, it's the tools of you know, cravings. I always thought that if I could teach people to beat a craving, mm-hmm. like compete. So, you know, you, you, you see like with opiates or mm-hmm. any drug mm-hmm. addicts go to great lengths. I mean, you probably seen on, on TV, people rob pharmacy sure. with gunpoint. I, I had a guy that I went to high school with mm-hmm. normal guy. Cool. I saw on the, I saw on the TV, this was years ago. I saw on the TV that he robbed a pharmacy Wow! and I thought, what in the hell? But then after my addiction and I look, yeah. I, I know why he robbed a pharmacy. 100%, right? Like I get it. It makes sense. And so those cravings that come into the mind with addiction is like, okay, well, what are you going to do when it's gone too far? When that thought's gone too far and then you're sitting there and you're, you've been doing good. I'm, and what's the plan? You know, it's the same thing. Like, yeah, totally. So what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? So my thing is uh, obviously one of us pick up, pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Accountability the, partner. Yeah. Call someone, let yeah. them know that you're thinking, tell on yourself, call you know, but another one is go compete with it. I, I had a, a time when I was going to, things were going good with me and my wife. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about like, I, I had like six weeks sober and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like a long time, but it was a long time back. Sure. And, and relapse meant probably divorce yeah. in my marriage. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And I, I woke up in the morning and I started to get a craving. My, I have had back surgeries and I, I blow it out of proportion. And I started thinking like, Oh, and I knew that I was going to start thinking about going to pick up because mm-hmm. my routine before was that once I'd get the craving, I would fake sick mm-hmm. and just like lay around, have self pity all day and watch Netflix. And then, and that's how I, I tried to get the craving to go away. Gotcha. And it never worked. I'd always go up, go manipulate a doctor, mm-hmm. go to the pharmacy, pick up the pills. And I would relapse. That was the cycle, you know, yeah. the habit. loop. Right. Yep. This one time I decided, I was like, dude, I'm just going to go for, I, I had gone far. I started doing the Netflix thing. If I go pick up, it means divorce. I know it, but I'm thinking about it going and picking up. So I decide this is my mind. I said, I'm going to go for a jog and, and, uh, and I didn't want to go for a jog. So I I go for a jog and I listen to music. I'm talking to God. I'm working on gratitude, talking about my thinking about my kids, three laps, sprinted out back to my car and I'm pacing back in my car. And, and I always say to people, when I tell the story, I'm like, what was my mindset now? You know, it was my mindset had changed so dramatically that I said to myself, what the hell were you going to do? You were going to go pick up pills, right? You were going to ruin like, and I went home, I was tickling my kids and throwing them on the couch. My wife's like, my wife's like, are you high? (laughs) Like, dude, I went for a jog. Well, what was your answer to that? Were you high? I was high, right? But it was seen. That's what I'm trying to teach people. But right. But the thing going back to your, the, Uh the, the trigger, right? in the reward system is like, I didn't want to go for that job. You know what I'm saying? Like I was pissed, but I made myself do it. I orchestrated that stress to, and I captured the rewards of confidence. I saw the scenery. Mm -hmm. I heard that Taylor Swift song. I'm talking to God and whatever happened, I caught a different reward on that day. Then the same, I responded differently. Then the the self pity lay there on the couch and mope around and then go pick up pills. Right. But like, so the routine, it's the same in baseball. I, I don't know. Like it's, in, it's incredible. Like it's any routine you have to create, like there's a reward to any, anything that we do. So to create a habit, you have to create the reward too of like, right. but then you have to do what you said, create a trigger 
so that you start on that loop until you notice the reward and say, oh shit, I want to keep doing this. I want to go for a jog right now. Right. I feel like going and picking up pills. Right. You know, I don't know. No, I love that. And I was but, hoping you'd tell a story. I know, I, I know you have before. It's one that hit me hard. Right. And it's one that I've, I've told, right. you know, so thank you for sharing right. that. Um, you created a contract with yourself. Right. You did. And, right. and, you know, when you can create a contract with yourself and, and say, you know, Hey, just go do this. If you still want to, you know, there it is. Right. But you challenge yourself to do it, but you had something to go to. Right. And, and I think that's so powerful other than just hoping you get through that tough time. Yeah. Let me try this first because yeah. this is, this is, this is my routine right. when this hits, boom, it, it, it can help you. It can get you there. And to get, get new, yeah, get new highs. And so the, the hope is like, for me, like if we can teach people how to do that and, and create those rewards, then it's like, they know what to do. And they're hopefully they're already, you know, on this day, I go for a jog, I'm training at a gym, I'm going to meetings. I'm, they've built the, the routine yeah. that you've talked about to where then their life's on a foundation of health. You know, like I, yeah. you know, the gospel talks about, you know, my favorite scriptures, I think like Helaman five, where it talks about building your life on the foundation of Christ, you know, mm -hmm. kind of similar. But once, it, cause I've noticed that ever since I have built my life on the foundation of Christ and tried mm -hmm. that I can, I can, I can manage, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm not afraid. I know I'm getting into this. I always end up going into the gospel. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your foundation but, and, yeah. and it's helped you and it's pulled you through. Right. So, and it's created some of your bigger whys. And so as, as I look at the story you just told, there's some huge, huge components that you pull out of there. You know, why was that day different than another day? Well, you recognized your why. Right. Okay. Your why and your why was so big at that time because you said that if you would have picked up that day, it might have cost you your family. Right. All of a sudden your why got really wow. big. And I'm a firm believer that if, you know, motivation, it's such a weird thing, but you know, if your why is bigger, if you right. have a big enough why, you'll do it. Right. And if you're not doing it, then you need to find a bigger why. Yeah. And if you can tap into that, that's going to pull you through a tough day. Right. Right. Now that doesn't mean you're not going to have tough days. I didn't say that. Right. I said, but you need to have something to tap into. So uh, one of my favorite books, David Goggins, Can't Hurt yeah, Me, Can't yeah. Hurt Me. He talks about the cookie jar. Right. And when he really struggles, he's got this cookie jar where he's got old victories. He's got his why all this stuff sitting in there. And he goes to the cookie jar, pulls out something and reads that. And it they're all of his wives. Okay. Right. All of these things, it's something to go to when you need something to go to. Okay. Right. Just imagine having this cookie jar. And when you feel like you need to go pick up or, 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 right. or you know, you need to go get it or whatever you want to do, you go to the cookie jar first, man. Right. And then you read, you read this about, you know, Hey, back when I was this, you know, here's what I did and I can overcome and whatever it might be. Or maybe it just says wife. Right. I'll tell you what, if I'm getting ready to do something and, yeah. and I pull out something out of a, out of a jar and it says wife on there, wow. that'll bring me to my knees and, and tears <laughs> down my face. Yeah. And I think that might help me. Yeah. Think about that cookie jar. I loved it. You know, he taught me something huge right there and I think it can be implemented. Yeah. Like, uh, we say, so everything you say is yeah. like, I, I, but like, uh, well, keeping something in your front pocket, like I, like the same, same idea. Yeah. 
like, uh, you know, that one, that story right there is one I always keep in my front pocket. Another yeah. one is like, I don't want to, I don't want to go on pause again. You know, the right. light switch. I love what you're saying. Cause basically yeah. when you're saying you turn off the light switch, you're, you're hitting the pause button. Mm -hmm. I go back on opiates and boop, I'm just sitting here yeah. on, and I don't, and I, and I, stagnant, I, stagnant. Yeah, I enjoy trying to, trying to make progress as a human being, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And, and opiates and pills and alcohol for me anymore. Like if I go back into a relationship with any of that stuff, like I just go on pause. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, and that goes back to the confidence thing. Any, anyone, it's the same thing in baseball, like, you know, substance abuse in baseball. I, I think, you know, I have some regrets from stuff that I, I, that I felt like I could have been a better player. Yeah. You know, and I know, you know, some people, everyone's different, but I feel like any baseball players too, if you're, if they're going out and partying like that, it might be in their best interest to, if they're having troubles in the game to take a look at that and say, I might be partying too much. Sure. A lot of people don't want to say that, like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And sure. Like, yeah, I, I totally see that. And, and, and it does happen. And, and again, it comes back to being a true self-evaluator. Right. Um, but you know, something jumped up and it's a little different topic, but it jumped up in my right. mind. I think we had to hit that. You talked about having regrets. Right. And I've seen that a lot. Right. And, and it's an interesting concept about having regrets, but um, I'm going to change perspective a little right. bit because I'm really big in changing perspective. Right. We got to look at it differently. So you have regrets. Sure. Right. Because maybe I could have. Right. Or maybe I should have. And we all have them about different things in our past. Right. But you need to also give your back off a little bit right. on yourself. Right. And and realize that that time in your life, those struggles that you created. Right. Or that you went through. Right. Or that you were blessed. All right. right. To, to go right. through have made you who you are. Right. Right. And so, yeah, are they regrets? Sure. But you wouldn't be who you are today if you didn't do that. Right. And you have to remember that. Another thing that I was thinking about is this too. So, so, you know, I, I have a situation at home where we have some struggle. Right. And, and, you know, as, as I talk with my son about, um, his situation and his scenarios and, and some of the, you know, disorders and this, that he's right. dealt with and, and his battles every single day, my perspective has changed and it, you know what? his struggles aren't just his struggles, right? He was blessed with that struggle because I needed to go through it. Yeah. Okay. So your struggle might not just be yours. Yeah. Okay. So what you went through Hawk, that wasn't just for you. So quit being so selfish and right. thinking that that was just for you. Right. You went through that struggle so you can help everybody here today. Wow. Okay. And you need to realize that and remember that. Okay. That you are impacting other people because of the struggle you went through. Right. And so you need to quit beating yourself up. And you need to quit looking back and being like, man, I, I messed up. I, I was, I, I, you know, I, right. I, I was terrible. So what you do is you go through your struggle. You gather as much information from that. Right. Okay. Gather as much information from that terrible day and use that to make you better. Right. And it's not just making you better. It's, it's impacting everybody around you. I love that, man. Yeah. Yeah, the whole like our conversation before you got on or before we got on just mm -hmm. about the struggles you're going through with mm -hmm. with that. Um, yeah, it's making you a better parent. Right. You know, uh, you know, the thing that I love about addiction and having to deal with it mm -hmm. and and seeing people go through because no family is going to be able to escape 
not knowing somebody in their life that's dealing with addiction, you know, but like, is the empathy, you know, how you mm -hmm. talked about, um, when you, when you talk to him about, uh, why, why are you, what does it look like in your brain? Yeah. I say that a lot. Why does it look like in your brain? Why are you going to pick up? Tell me exactly like what, yeah. why do you do it? Is And a lot of people it's, it's to escape stress and anxiety or depression, right? You know, some underlying issues majority of the time for me, when I took pills, I was always like little socially, especially like at Wichita state. When I first went out there, I got, I, when I found out about pills, it like, it like put me in life. I'm like, oh, dude, I can talk to everybody right, right. now. Right. You know? And so, you know, you, you know, you're looking at your son. It's like the same thing. Like, dude, what if that's the case? Like is weed or, or taking a pill? Like, yeah, it's not good for him or her or whoever it is. But what if they're dealing with that in their brain? They're not just mm -hmm. taking it to hang out. Right. They might be taking it because they're, they're feeling pain or trauma. I mean, dude, some people have experienced yeah. heavy doses of trauma in their life. And they're, and so we get, I, I get up. A lot of people say, well, you shouldn't just take this. You know, I'll never forget it. Right. I was down at temple square this homeless lady, I, when I was first getting sober, I'd go down there and was talking to like the sister missionaries, kind of how I got into the church. Mm -hmm. And there's this lady, there's this, uh, lady was walking across and there's this whole old homeless lady, like fifties. And this mm -hmm. lady goes up to her and says, some lady was going to the temple square, older lady. She says, you need to go get a job. She said it to the homeless lady. And I sat there and I listened to it for a minute and I thought, you can't say that because you don't know if right. that girl right there has been raped and you don't know the trauma know. that has happened. Why is she homeless? Right. She can't go get a job, right. you know, and that's a whole nother discussion, but yeah, but I think what addictions taught me and, and I guess what it can teach you as a parent is, uh, is that like what the, the empathy, right. the, the trauma that maybe exists, you know, in people's lives and why they, why they take a substance. It's not always just cause I'm, I want to be a dumbass and have fun. Right. You and, know? and, you know, again, I, I say this all the time that the lessons I've learned by dabbling in, you know, with some addiction, with some struggle have, have been amazing to me. Right. Uh, and, and I appreciate going through that experience. It's hard. Yeah it's, it's, there's tough days and it's no fun, but I appreciate it because I've learned a lot. And, and, you know, one thing I learned is this, I'm thinking about it and, you know, we'll talk about this in comparison right. with sport as, as well as addiction, but, um, cause I've seen it in, in my life. Right. And then I've seen it in sport. So what we're all chasing is results, right? We want results. Okay. So, and it's so funny. There's such a big deal, especially in sport. Like I have this picture that I love. Um, it it's, I was playing at a game in Yankee stadium, right? And the pictures from my, my father-in-law took the picture and I love it because it's from a, a stands, you know, in the stands yeah. perspective of, of a fan and the pictures out here and, and you see Mike Messina on the mound and yeah. you see Jeter over here oh, and you wow. got Soriano's out there at second base and then the scoreboards in the background and it's got, you know, Zach Sorensen and snap now. And I love it, but here's, what's really funny. I have cropped that photo, right? Because on the left side of the photo, it had my batting average, right? <laughs> which was not good. Right. And so I love the photo. I hate the batting average. So I just crop it. Right. Yeah, so right. <laughs> it was such a big deal now as I'm teaching this, that, that we just are chasing results all the time. Right. Okay. So what happens as an athlete when you don't get the results that you want? Right. Okay. So, and think about this. So as a dad or as a coach or as a mom and your son or daughter is not getting the results, 
how do you help them with that situation? Right. Okay. So, and, and I kind of have a pyramid right here. At the top of the pyramid, the very first thing we do is we try to motivate them, encourage them, put our arm around them. You got this, you know, when that doesn't work, we still stay in this motivation phase, but we do it by shaming them. Right. What is your problem? Yeah. Okay. Why can't you, or why aren't you? Right. But we still have good intentions, but we're just trying to get the most out of them. Okay. So, so, but think about that. Now the next level down, when, when they start struggling, and we can't get results by motivation, then we shift down one level and we start changing their mechanics. Right. So I'm going to change their swing. You talked about that earlier. I'm going to tweak the swing a little bit. And does that work? Absolutely. Are there great hitting coaches out there? 100%. I love them. Right. When that doesn't work, we go down to the next level. We start talking about maybe their focus isn't there. Okay. So we need to change your focus. So if it's a high school kid, we make them break up with their girlfriend because they need to focus on the game, right? right? right. So we start talking about focus and then maybe we talk strategy, but we're keep going down this ladder or this, this pyramid at the bottom of the pyramid is belief system. Right. Does this kid think he can do it? Right. Does he think he can't do it? Right. But we don't ever go there. We start at the top. We start trying motivation. We start trying change and swing. We start shocking focus at the bottom is this, does he think he can do it? Wow. Well, we got to start at the bottom because right. I'll be honest with you. If he doesn't think he can do it, it doesn't matter how many times you change the swing. When he gets in that box yeah, and he's like, there's no chance I'm getting a hit. Guess what? There's no chance he's getting a hit. Right. So let's take that over to, to struggle and you can help me right. maybe with addiction. So in, in the world of therapy, okay, right. and, and I love therapy, I, I, I take part in it. It's very right. important. At the top of the pyramid, when you have a child who's struggling, we do what's called behavior modification. Right. Right. We want to change their behaviors. Okay. So how do we do it? Well, the first thing we do is we try to motivate them by putting our arm around them. Right. And saying, you got this. Right. When that doesn't work, what do we do? We shame them. Right. What is your problem? Right. Why are you doing this? Don't you see what you're doing to yourself right. and to your life? You know, so it's this shaming scenario. Next level down, when that doesn't work, we, we actually go to therapy. We send them there. And I, I, I'm a big believer in it. Right. Okay, but we go to therapy. When therapy's working a little bit, but not quite enough, then we start talking about maybe medication. Okay, but, and you can fill in the blanks here, but as we go down, at the bottom of the pyramid again is what? Does the kid like who he is? Yeah. So we're, we're attacking a lot of this upside down, right. I think. Right. You know, how can we build up this self-image? Right. And, and again, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you props again here, but that's what SOAR does. Right. Okay, we're going to build you from the foundation. Yeah. And you talk about foundation when you talk about, you know, moving weight and, and right. going overhead. Absolutely. But it's the same with your mind. Right. We need to build their mind from the bottom up and get them to gain momentum in their belief and in their confidence and, and all this and that. And it's just unbelievable. If they believe in themselves, they can do it. Yeah. Wow. So. Yeah, man. It's, 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 this has been probably the coolest conversation because it's been just a parallel. Like mm-hmm. I see your philosophy and mm-hmm. it's like the same, you know, and, but it, it, how, and how it pertains to addiction recovery or just life, you oh. know, yeah. that's why I'm thankful. Like it's, it's for anybody mental performance. You know what I'm saying? I don't think yeah. it's just like the athlete. I mean, so many people just need help mentally. You know, like that's all life is. It's 90%, right? 90%, whether it's baseball or anything, it's like, how do, how are you doing in your head? Yeah. You know, so I, I appreciate you being on, man. 
Yeah. Thanks for letting me home. You know, we've talked about this a long time and, yeah. and we knew it would, we knew it would cross paths yeah. and it would, and it would parallel. We did. Yeah, and we need to do it again. We need to, fun. we need to do, I need to have you come yeah, at some point next time you're down here, come talk to our group. Awesome. You know That's what fun. I'm saying? Like have, have you come out and maybe even have you, maybe I'll even put together something where I have like these kids programs come mm -hmm. and we'll get a big group over here Love it. and have you come speak. Cause I think, I think you could help a lot of, a lot of people in this world. You know what I mean? I don't know if that interests you. Oh, hundred percent. You know, but it's, it's the same thing. I mean, you heard me and you've heard, you know, it's just a little different. It's, it's similar yeah. to how I work with kids compared to adults. You just pitch it a little different. Yeah. And, and to be, to be honest and to be transparent and real, you know, when I decided psychology, I wanted to go trauma psychology. I did because, you know, we've dealt with some trauma in our home. Right. Um, with my son and, right. and I want to do everything I could to help him. You know, right. you yeah. know this, I've talked to you about it a lot. And as, as I started trauma psychology school, I'm like, sports would be fun. Yeah. And I went that path. And what I realized is, is yes, it, it's the same thing. I just have a little more since it's sports minded, you yeah. know, honestly, I get some more perk of the ears. People think it's cool. Right. But it's the same concepts. Yeah. And, and it does translate. And I do believe that we can. Right start making progress and, and again my, my challenge to you is a little bit at a time right. recognize that you are a work in progress right and your goal is to work in progress right you're going to live right there in progress right okay just live and, and don't worry about getting to the end result don't worry about the end result live in progress yeah, stay present be there be where your feet are yeah be where your feet wow. are and just go for it so that's it well Love thank it. you thank you for coming on this has been great Awesome. Thanks for listening, Thanks, everybody. everybody. That was sweet. Um, 